Welcome to Threshold Church. Today's message is from Laura Andrews. Well, welcome everybody tonight. So uh, my name is Laura Andrews, and I'll just quickly introduce myself. I, um, I have been at Threshold, gosh, I don't even know how long we've been here, six and a half years. Um, and my husband, Peter, serves as an elder here at Threshold. And um, when I first came, uh, maybe about a, less than a year in, the Lord opened up the opportunity to be a church administrator here. And I, I, I walked in that role for almost three years, and it was life-changing. Uh, you wouldn't think that as an administrator, but Kim, watch out. I don't know where you are. Um, sometimes God calls you into certain things, and he, uh, he has a much bigger plan um, than what you see with your own natural eyes. And I just, I have grown so much um, being under this ministry and the Lord has just, I'm just, I love Jesus. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I have loved the Lord my whole life. I grew up um, in the church, but uh, man, as I get older and as I have kids and I, as I'm married, my love for him has grown so much. And um, I really pray that that continues to be imparted tonight as, um, as I speak, that the, the, the love and the passion that the Lord has put in me, that it just filters through this room in a greater way in what God has even done in your own life. Um, because we're always running. We're always running the race. Um, I, I used to have a pastor growing up, and he, he would always tell me, are you carrying your tennis shoes, Laura? You got your tennis shoes? And um, it was just, I was like, I'm going to catch up to you. I'm going to catch up to you. As, as a teenager, you know, you think you're all confident. Um, I never did catch up to him, but I am still growing, right? We've, we've never arrived. We're always growing, and we need to be encouragers as the body of Christ to continue to grow. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to grow in the word and in truth. Amen. So Father, we just thank you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, your written word, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that it, um, yeah, that it leads us, that it molds us, that it shapes us. Father, I just thank you tonight. Holy Spirit, have your way. God, have your way in my voice, in what I speak and what I say. Father, I, I just want to be led by you. Lord, lead me to say what I'm supposed to say and keep my mouth closed on the things that I shouldn't say. And God, I thank you that you would just direct this time. And Father, I ask um, that every heart that is here tonight, Lord, would be touched by you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So the, the topic that I really uh, had a leading from, from the Lord was um, kind of a various of things. It was being moved by the Spirit or walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. And this is a topic that is so vast. It would take months to just dig into. So my request tonight is as you're listening and as the Holy Spirit is moving, my request is that you hear what's being spoken tonight and not don't allow your, your mind to go off on bunny trails of what should be spoken or, or, or what you think should be spoken or I miss this or miss that. Just allow the word to penetrate your heart tonight on what God wants to focus in and hone in on tonight. Amen? 
Amen. All right, so if you would, we're going to be jumping through the Bible. I, I love scripture, and so we will be using this well tonight. So um, Exodus 3.18 is where we're going to begin. So Exodus 3.18. And I just felt a leading to start in the Old Testament for a very specific reason, um, and to kind of go through the story, and then we'll come back to the story uh, a little bit later in the end. So Exodus 3.18 says, uh, just to give you um, a little backstory, this is where we, we know the story, right? So Moses um, is taken to the burning bush. This is where the Lord ignites the calling on his life to bring the children of uh, Israel out of Egypt. So he says in verse 18, and they will listen, and they will listen to your voice. And you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may, be, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I wanna focus back on verse 18 and it says, and they will listen to your voice. So this is God speaking to Moses and he's saying, they will listen to your voice, which is really God's voice. They're gonna listen. So I wanna just keep this tucked in your mind that when God says that he, that something's gonna happen, how many of you know it's gonna happen? Yeah. Amen. Amen? Sometimes, and as we'll see with what happens to Moses, we forget that. But we have to be reminded that when God says something's gonna happen, it will happen indeed. All right, amen. So it said, you know, they were gonna take three days journey. And the reason why it was a three days journey is because um, back in that culture, it, the reason for going out, it was to sacrifice. It was to bring an altar unto the Lord and sacrifice unto the Lord. And so that was the whole plan. If you read the part of Moses, that's the very thing that Moses says to Pharaoh, we wanna go out three days. So, it, you know, the intention wasn't to let the people go. At least Pharaoh didn't know that. But, but that's, what they, that's what God requested so he could sacrifice unto the Lord. But again, in verse 19, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So God knew the plan, right? So Moses didn't know the plan, but God knew the plan. He knew that, that they would listen, but he knew that it would take a mighty hand for them to listen. You know, God intended this this to happen this way for a manifestation of his glory and power throughout all that land, not just Egypt, but, the, but we read, as we read into Exodus and the continued chapters, we're gonna read that, not, that this story, you know, it was like the phone. Oh, did you hear what happened over here? You know, it's like the phone message that continues to happen and people heard about this. So it wasn't just about Egypt proclaiming the manifestation of God's power and might. No, it was for all the surrounding lands to know who the God of Israel was. And so we can be oftentimes in this very like narrow-minded view of what God's plan is, but God's plan is so much greater than what we see. And, and we know this, we know this, but do we know this? We know this in the Bible, but do we know it for our own life? You know, when we apply it to our own life, um, we can apply this to a lot of situations this year. Amen? We can. First, we know that when God says 
it's going to happen. And second is that we know that sometimes it takes a mighty hand of God. And we don't see the whole picture. So just keep those things. You know, as, we, as you read on in chapter 4, it's pretty interesting because Moses does the very typical things that we would do as believers. But God, uh, um, I mean, the first thing he says is, they're not going to believe me, God. I mean, who am I? Who am I? And so we begin to complain, right? We begin to murmur. This is, this is very typical, right? This is the natural sense. We set limitations on the Lord, even after the Lord says, this will, they will listen. They will listen. Um, yet we put those, those things in front of the Lord. And you know, God's gracious. He, he will answer those things. And he did to Moses. He answered each and every one of them. And the one thing as I was reading through this that I thought was so interesting was when in verse 10, you're going to read, but when Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not an eloquent, I am not eloquent either in the past or in since. Um, you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow to speech and in tongue. And you know what the Lord says right after that? He says, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute? Who deaf, seeing or blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to speak. How many of you know that it wasn't, I mean, Moses did speak, but how many of you know who um, spoke for Moses? Who was it? Aaron. But what about what the Lord just said right here? Guys, we miss out on things that the Lord puts before us because we don't allow to see the vision the way he sees it. This is the time. If there ever was a time in life, we have got to align ourselves and be led and be led by the Lord and see the way he sees. Amen? We can't be tossed to and fro. We're going to get into that a little bit. But I wanted to give you a little bit of context. I'm gonna, if you want to jump to Exodus 13, 17. You know, God did perform, we know the story, God performed great and miraculous miracles, signs, and wonders. And in verse 17, um, it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war, they might return. You know, God knows that we can be finicky, and uh, he leads us well, does he not? He leads us well. If we allow him, he leads us well. Verse, um, verse 18 says, but God led the people around the way of the wilderness. But God led them. Again, we have to allow the Lord to lead us. Let's continue to jump. We're going to go to verse 21 of the same chapter. And the Lord went before them day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart before the people. I want to jump down to, um, to verse 13 of chapter 14. And, it sa and Moses said to the people, Fear not. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see, shall never, you will never see again, and the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. 
So what happened is here is we have the pillar of fire that's separating the Egyptians and the Israelites. And as I was reading the story, you know, I've read the story like, you know, we all have. What, hundreds of times we've seen the movies, we've, we've seen it all. But putting yourself in a position where you know the almighty hand of God is there, you see it. They, they are seeing it with their eyes. Yet you see on the other side of that pillar of fire, you see the horses and the chariots and you see the knives and you see the army that is massive. And the Lord says, choose. Choose what you want to see. The Lord is asking us in this very hour to choose, right? We choose life or we choose death. We get to choose with our eyes what we want to look to. I want to choose to look at that pillar of fire. I don't want to look beyond the pillar of fire. I want to choose to have the eyes of the understanding and be led by the Lord because he is a good God. Oh, we sung all about it tonight. It was awesome. It was awesome. But we can sing about it. You know, um, Pastor Jake talks a lot about prayer and uh, the prayer walk in our life. And the Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? It doesn't say worship without ceasing. It doesn't say preach the gospel without ceasing. It says pray without ceasing. And we saw that in Christ. We saw the very walk that he led. And that was a, a constant intercession with the Father. And we need that. We need it. I think it's so um, important. Well, I don't think it's so important. It is important. It is an important lifestyle that we have to, we have to get it. We, we can't just get it here. Oh, I know. Yeah, but, but. And we have a lot of buts in our life. But this is the time and the hour that we as a body, we need to step out. And it just, it needs to be the body of Christ. It can't be just certain pastors and certain prophets and certain evangelists holding the line. No, it has to be the body of Christ. Can we stand up together? Can we link arms together? Amen? It's a body. Every single person in this room, you have a calling on your life, a very important purpose. And if you don't know that, please come and see me after the service and I will pray with you because you do. God has given you a specific purpose, not one that I can fulfill, but what only you can fulfill. And the Lord knew that. And so it's all, all hands on deck. We need it. We need all hands on deck for this, for the very time that in the season that God has brought us into. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Because I know we all have friends that do not know the Lord. And we all have people around us that, that still haven't heard, haven't really heard. Um, and it's not for our glory and for our power. We sang about it tonight. It's not about us. Walking in the spirit and walking and having the eyes to see is about others. When we're obedient, um, when we're obedient to step out, then lives are changed. We, Peter and I gave a testimony at the deliverance conference, which was awesome. It was so great to see so many lives just transformed that night or those two nights. And Peter and I gave a testimony about a friend of ours and, um, 
And I thought about it, you know, this past week, just about our friend Aaron. And I thought about all the steps to get to that place, right? That we didn't just, oh, okay, like Aaron, we know a little bit about him. You know, we're, he's a friend of ours. Um, no, there were, there were so many little steps of being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, just even meeting up and talking in an elevator and then inviting them over to our house, starting a relationship. Um, we invited Aaron to stay with us in our home for a while. That was a big step of obedience in being led by the Holy Spirit um, because he was still using at the time. And so, uh, yeah, we just, we, we have to realize the vision that God had for these children that I don't know if Moses fully understood. I'm sure he didn't because um, we, we sometimes really, the Lord gives us a picture and a part. And then, what? That's the walk of faith, right? We step out just in obedience and in faith and trusting the Lord and trusting what his word says. So I want to jump, you know, into the New Testament because um, it's really, really great to see the signs and the wonders that happened. But the Lord uh, did something great for us when Jesus came on the scene, didn't he? He really did. And it, I mean, I think it was great to hear all those signs and wonders. But the fact that Jesus sent the helper the Holy Spirit to us, and the fact that the Holy Spirit indwells in us, you guys, this is incredible. It's incredible news. When you become born again, not only do you have freedom in Christ and, and, and the bondage of sin is broken off from your life, but you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes in. And man, that inner witness that begins to speak and talk to you and lead you and guide you into all truth, right? Amen. Okay, so let's turn to um, John 16, 13. John 16, 13 says, I'm almost there. When the, spirit of the, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So I wrote down, today and always we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in John 3, 5, it says that one must be born of water. And the spirit, that um, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So as soon as we accept Christ, 2 Corinthians 1 says, we are sealed with him. We are sealed with him. Now, how many of you know, I just want to give a, 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 you know, the whole thing of the word of God is truth. So the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the word of God is truth. And we can, we can bank on that. Can we bank on that? Can I get an amen for that? All right. Uh, amen. We can bank on what the word of God says. This is living and breathing. And it causes us to be instructed and to be guided, sometimes to be corrected. Amen. <laughs> so when Jesus, 
left earth, he came and he gave us the Holy Spirit. So now there's two ways of walk, guys. There's two ways to walk. We either walk in the spirit or we walk in the flesh. That's right. Okay. Walk in the spirit or the flesh. Flesh is deciding our own ways, our own thoughts, using our own intellect, being guided by maybe our emotions or feelings. Um, Not that the spirit can't use those things if we're yielded unto him. But the spirit, it's consulting him. It's surrendering to him. And it's allowing him to be part um, and full control in our lives. This isn't something that just, you know, happens overnight. It, it doesn't, it, it is a walking out. And there, like I said, this is a, uh, when you talk about being led by the Spirit, this is a vast teaching. There's so many things and avenues you can get into when it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to stay on track, but it's allowing him to have full control over our life. In Romans 8, one, it says, when we walk and live in the spirit, we are not bound by the law because we are following Christ. We want to follow Christ. And it, you know, it always will lead to righteousness. I remember hearing um, a pastor once say, yep, I smoke all I want to, but I don't want to. I don't want to. And that is just like the walk of Christ, right? So the walk of being led by the Spirit. We are not bound by the law that's given to us because we don't, we, when we walk in the Spirit, those things that are fleshly desires, they begin to, to fall off of us, the desire for it and the desire for righteousness and holiness and consecration unto the Lord. Those are the very things that we desire. It's so funny, in just a natural sense, um, when I first met Peter, he, when he proposed to me and we got married, he said to me, Laura, I have only one request. He had a few, but I have one request is um, when we get married, I don't want a TV in the house. And um, now, okay, I'm a college, I was a college student and I love certain TV shows. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I, I wasn't like all about the TV, but I did enjoy a good movie and I often would run while watching a movie. And so I was like, it was kind of a hard hurdle in my mind. And um, how many know that when you get married sometimes, it is a, it's an awesome thing. And, and God just like lifts you to a hot, whole another new level. At least I, that's how I feel in my marriage. And it was hard at first, but all of a sudden I realized that it wasn't hard. It was an easy change. And then I began to desire other things that was replacing the time of watching television. And I grew a lot. And I desired the good things. And I'm not saying that TV's bad. I'm, you know, my husband would say that, but. (laughs) But what I am saying is, is we need to desire the things of the spirit more than we desire the things of the flesh. And if that is a stumbling block for you, then get rid of the TV. Amen? We have to be real with ourselves. We have to realize the very stumbling blocks that the enemy puts in our place, whether it's subtle or it's, it's real big and the billboard's there and you, you can't miss it. Some things are subtle. Some things are unnoticeable. 
unless we're led by the Spirit. Amen? All right, if, let's turn to Galatians 5, 16. And you're going to uh, put, just put a marker here because we're going to flip back and forth to this scripture. So Galatians 5, 16. I need to go faster. Um, thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. All right, Galatians 5, 16 says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, walk, or walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. There it is again. Now the works of the flesh are evident. So I'm just going to stop right there. I used to read the scripture, and in my mind, I thought, oh, this is the war that's going on in my heart. Flesh, spirit, flesh, spirit, flesh, spirit, flesh, spirit. You know, and I, um, I have dug into this passage, uh, and, and that's not really what it's about. It's just what I just spoke earlier, that when we're led by the spirit, we don't, we don't really want the flesh so that warring that we think is going on really isn't a war for us. How many of you know in your life you've walked out things that were difficult for you in the beginning, like I said, with the TV, and now you look back and go, wow, that's a walk in the park. That, that isn't anything that the enemy can hold and dangle a carrot in front of me at all because I have moved, from, I've moved on from that. That's not, yeah, I'm free. I'm not even um, bound by that anymore. How many of you know that God continues to lead us into things, um, and he's continuing to what? He wants to purify his church, right? There's a purification process we go through. So as soon as we get over that hurdle, guarantee there's one right in front of us. And that is the walk. That is the life we live. And it's a beautiful life, isn't it? it is. It's okay. It's okay um, to stumble as long as we get back up. It's okay. There, the warring can be there, but if as we continue to walk in the Spirit, we begin to keep our eyes fixed on those things that those others, other desires that the enemy just likes to flash in front of us aren't desires. They're not even wants. They're just, oh, hmm. next. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, lead me. I, I wrote this down. Living a life in the Spirit leads you to righteousness. It's not a uh, personal striving, although Pastor Jake talked about striving being a good thing one time, so amen. It's, it's a lifestyle, though. You know, you can learn this even in your own life, in your own marriage. Peter and I learned this on early on in our own marriages. Um, anytime we came to a conflict or, and there wasn't a, a, an immediate resolution, we would just go and spend time with the Lord. And you know what the Lord did? He dealt with either me or him, and corrected one of us, and he did it by his word and his spirit. You know, he might say, Laura, you need to simmer down and not be so upset about that, or that's not, that's not, you're, you're overreacting. You know, the Holy Spirit, he brings correction, <laughs> and so does the word of God. We cannot dismiss the two. Um, it's both. In Romans 8, 5, it, hold yourself in Galatians. We're going to come back to this in Galatians. You can put a marker there. But I want to turn to Romans 8, 5. 
Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. This is the flesh, right? This is the warring that can go on if we allow it. But the Bible clearly says that if we set our minds on the flesh, on the things of the flesh, it's death. It's death. I mean, we have to take these words for truth in our life. We, we can't skim over this stuff, you guys. I mean, we really can't skim over it right now. When we set our minds and fixate our minds on earthly things, on our own flesh, our own lusts or desires, it leads to death. But when we are fixated on the Spirit of God, what does he say? You, you'll get life and peace. Peace. This is what the world is looking for. Currently. Peace. And the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, you know, not the peace that the world gives, but the peace I give. This is not a conjured up peace. This isn't something we can materialize. Because we all know when we go on vacation and we're sitting near the ocean and it's beautiful and we feel all peaceful, we know that in you know, a couple days we're going back to our house where we have to clean it and go to work and the kids are running around. And, you know, peace, the peace that God gives us is an inner peace, an inner knowing, and an inner stillness. Remember Jesus on the boat? He was sleeping. What were the disciples doing? They were not in peace. They were not in peace. But just how Jesus acted in that moment, we, we get to partake in that. We do. We get to be in that kind of stillness. I was at prayer the other night, and my kids fell asleep during prayer in the last hour. And the, I felt the spirit of the Lord say to me, um, now this is peace. Now this is peace. I was like, you sure, Lord? This feels like the garden right now. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, my spirit resonated with that. It was peace. It was a stillness. It was a knowing that um, God's in control, no matter what the circumstances. You know, the Pharisees, they couldn't find a fault in Jesus. They looked for one. They sure looked for one. But there was no fault in him. In Daniel, they looked for a fault in him as well. They couldn't find one. Y'all, it's possible to walk this way. I think sometimes we can be like, oh, this is so hard. There's no way. Like, how can I be walking and living in the spirit on a daily basis and being led like this? It is possible if you want it, if you desire it, you have to desire it. You have to hunger after it. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Testimonies are awesome. Stories are fun. 
But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you need a stirring up in your hunger, if you need a stirring up in your life, if, you're, yeah, if your life is in a place where you have no peace, then just take the very word of God that is eternal, living, breathing, amen, and feast on it. Feast on it. Devour it. Because faith will arise in you. It will arise. I promise you, I am a testimony to it. I am a testimony to it. The Lord wants our testimony to be true. And when a message a message be is very effective when distractions are limited or omitted. Our message, our life, it's so important how we live and how we walk. Because the very distractions in our own life can be big distractions for other people that the Lord is desiring um, for us to lead them into all truth. Maybe, maybe there's someone at your work and God's saying, I want you to lead them. I want you to talk to them. I want you to um, be bold. But there's things that are maybe coming out of your mouth that are distractions to other people where they don't really notice that you're different from them. They don't see the peace of God. They don't see the joy. They don't feel the love. A message becomes more effective when those distractions are eliminated or limited. You know, we cannot control all these distractions, but we can control some of them. Not everyone is going to hear, you know, tonight. Not everyone's going to walk away and go, I got that. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to start feasting on the word. Um, but so we can't, we can't, you know, get rid of all the distractions in people's lives. But we sure can do some. <laughs> we sure can do what God is expecting us to do. And sometimes we can even go through life unfiltered. You know, I've always heard this, especially from, um, I'm not tagging millennials, but younger people, because I'm getting out of the younger people and getting into the middle age, like older people, which is kind of fun and exciting. Um, <laughs> but we can, you know, the, the tagline that I hear a lot of, and I used to work in a university with young youngsters, and um, I just, I just want to be me. I just, you know, this is what I, you get when you see me. You know, we want to go unfiltered in life. This is, this is who I am. <laughs> and sometimes people may not hear us because we want those unfiltered things, you know, to become those big distractions in our life instead of yielding to the Holy Spirit. There are so many ways we know how to act because the Lord lays it out pretty clear. He does. We're going to read later in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is. And um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The very things that should be erupting from us. And I will say this, you know, it's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's not individualized. 
It's the fruit. That means it's all of them. You know, some people used to say to me, Laura, oh, you're so joyful. You really got that joy, that fruit down. And uh, I'm like, thank you. Uh, you know, but it's not just one. And we can, we can hone in on some and say, this is my fruit. This is where I've mastered it. This is, this is the one. This, these are the two. These are the, these are the ones I'm working on. No, but God calls us to all of them. And, and I would definitely say we are at different stages, right? Because fruit is just not instant. It's seed form. It starts as a seed, you know? And some of them might be at a fruitful stage, and some of them might be a, a little bit past just sprouting up its first little green spot, right? But it is our duty as believers to continue to mature that fruit in our life and cultivate it, not just one, but all. But all. I got off track. Let's get back on. Let's go to Romans 8, 14. All right, Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Let's read that again. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Being led by the Spirit, it's an indicator of sonship, yeah. daughtership. Let's, let's just know that that's what it all means, daughters and sons. It's an indicator when we're led by the Spirit. Now, what it doesn't say is those who are sons and daughters are led by the Spirit. It doesn't say that. We'd like for it to say that, but no. For all who are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. How do you know you're saved? How do you know it? Because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That works. The next verse says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let me read that again. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we might know we are the children of God. How do you know you're saved? Now, a lot of you, like Peter just said, oh, the Bible says so. You know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And believe in um, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. And uh, yeah, so I know first, you know, John 3.16. So you can spat out the scriptures. If you confess with your mouth, boom, believe in my heart. I did that. Yep, now I know. So, and yes, yes. You can bank on that too. But if I pushed Elizabeth up in the corner and I asked her over and over, or any of you, I beg to differ that you would probably come out with, I just know. I just know. You can't tell me. I can't tell you how. I'm a changed being. God has done something in my life. I just know. I just know that I know that I know that I know that I know. 
Am I right? Yeah. It's a knowing that you, no one can shake that from you. You just can't. It's like when God miraculously heals you and someone says, oh, God's not a healer. But you have a testimony and you have an experience with the Lord that can't be shaken from you. You just know. That's exactly what this inner witness is. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we know we are the sons or that we are the children of God. His spirit bears witness with ours. Do you know that being led by the spirit, it's evidence that we're born again. Do you know that same knowing, you know that you know that you know that you know, should be the same basis for supernatural guidance in your life for the Holy Spirit. This scripture, go back to it when you're wondering about that inner witness. When you're wondering if you're being led by the Spirit, bring it over in your mind. The very thing that you know that God is alive, that you um, have been free from slavery, that you know that you are born again, the same knowing should be this basis when we're led by the Spirit. Now, again, this is a vast subject. So many things. So I want to hone in on this. Being led by the Spirit, it's a walking. It is just not this magical thing that happens and we just seem to know what the Spirit of God is, right? Do we all know that? Yes. But when God speaks and we know his truth and it lines up with the Word of God, the same knower, it needs to be filtered through our actions We need to know. We need to know. We need to be led by the Spirit during this time, you guys. You know, Paul, if we read back in Paul, um, and I can't even remember what it is. I think it's in Matthew, maybe like Matthew 6. Um, Paul was being led by the Spirit. There was a time where he and his companions, they would go to one place, and oh, in the Scriptures it says, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go. And so, okay, let's redirect There's countless scriptures like that. How many of you know that it works for the benefit and for the negative? Uh, I I read um, one time about September 11th where a man did not go into the Twin Towers that morning because he felt his inner witness. He felt the Holy Spirit or an inner witness, I'm not sure what the article said, not to go that day. So he called off. How many of you know I want to be led by that? I want to be led like that. Lord, lead us like that. Let us know. It's available to all of us. It's not just available to our pastor. It's available to all of us. All right, turn to Psalms 32. Is the Holy Spirit showing you anything tonight? Amen. Psalms 32, 8. 
says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like the horse or the mule without understanding, which must be curved with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. How many parents know what this scripture is talking about? <laughs> I know I do. I grew up with um, awesome parents. Um, they believed well in discipline. Uh, and, and I grew up actually in the Catholic Church, you know, where there's pews, and it was a 45-minute sermon. And um, I was little. I mean, I, there was no kids' church in the Catholic Church at that time. Um, and so you were a baby. You were two, three, just sitting there. You know, and I, I distinctly remember one time, and I was at the end of the row. I have four brothers, um, and we're all very close in age. My mom had us in seven years. So we're all really close in age. And let me just tell you, you know, when you get, like, some kids that are around the same age, we like to goof off, right? Am I, am I right? Yes. It's truth. And so, you know, I was in the pew, and I must have been, like, maybe four or five, old enough to know and remember this, though. And I was just kind of playing around and goofing off, and... My dad just turned and looked at me and gave me the eye. And I immediately straightened up. <laughs> immediately straightened up. I knew he was directing me with his eye. He did not have to say anything verbally. He was directing me with his eye. And the Lord desires the same to us. Not always in a corrective way, but in a gentle way. Like, hey, <laughs> God wants us to grow up, you guys, to the point where the circumstances around us are not shaking us or directing our decisions. And they're also not driving us to a place of prayer of inter intervention. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying that God doesn't do that and he's not there for us in the place of intervention, but, but I believe he desires to see his children on the other side of just trusting him and being directed by him. That it's just that one little look and he can quickly correct us. Okay, all right, Lord. Yep, now I'm moving. In Matthew 14, 28 through 30, uh, we know the story, but it's the story of how Peter was um, jumped out of the boat, right? And decided to go out to where Jesus was. What did Jesus say to him? Keep your eyes on me, Peter. Look to me, Peter. And we know the story, he, you know, oh, the waves, the wind, ah. You know, it's a great Bible story and we know it well from childhood, but in all reality, it's so truthful. He, he took his eyes off Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely. It clings closely, you guys. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfection of our faith.
In verse 9, it says, don't be like the horse or mule without understanding, which should be curbed with a bit and a bridle. You know, um, these animals can't be, they can't be rational, right? They're not rational. They can't reason. So they have to be directed. I was telling Peter today that um, the word common sense in the dictionary is a very interesting word these days. (laughs) It's not very common. It doesn't seem so. The Lord doesn't desire to lead us like that. He doesn't want to. He desires to just, for us to to have the desire to be led by him. Do you know, there's lots of things in life that can be just fixed by reading this. A lot of questions we have in life. A lot of questions that the world has. And, 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 you know, right now it's just an indication that we may not know our Bible very well of our response to the world. We've got to know this. We have got to know it. A lot of answers in here for the very questions that our friends are asking. We've got to be well-versed. The Bible talks about... um, The Bible being written, you know, in the Greek it says it's logos. There's a logos word, and then there's the rhema word. So the logos is the written word, and the rhema word is the spoken. Logos is the eternal word. The rhema is the in the moment, in the season, the the moment you need it. Have you ever been in a service, and then a pastor or preacher says something, and you're like, yes, I hear you, Lord. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Yes, that's so good. And you take it and and it changes you. You grab a hold of it. That's the rhema word of God. So we can't dismiss this. We can't dismiss this devotion. I know that every one one of you, the majority of you, could say that sometime in your daily devotion or a time that you've been in the word that God has spoken directly to a situation that you were walking through by just opening the word of God. Amen? Yes. This happened, actually, just uh, Peter said that I could share this. This literally happened this week, and I laughed so hard because it was just what I was meditating on. And, um, you know, how many know that children uh, are, the Lord really works things out of you using children in your life. They are a blessing from the Lord. They really, really are. Because God does use them miraculously. And, you know, we have, um, there's one of our children that we are working out some things, you know, developing our prayer life for sure. And, and, you know, the Lord's just showing us. He's leading us. It's been, it's been a journey for sure. Uh, But Peter was just, you know, he was beside himself over uh, many situations with one of our children. And um, just got into a place of, like, frustration where it, yeah, maybe just kind of affected everyone that was around him. And um, it was really cool because one of my children, the very child that was doing these things to cause the frustration, said, hey, Dad, can you just read this? He, he said, Dad, read this. Okay? He didn't say, hey, Dad, what's this say? Or, hey, Dad, um, look what I colored. He said, Dad, read this. And this is, what he, this is what it read. Rejoice always without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, 
for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. <laughs> I mean, tell Peter, I laughed probably for like five minutes. I thought it was so great because that's how God works in our life. You know, like he's hilarious. Some of the things we just have to laugh over and say, God, you're so good. Thank you so much. And you know what Peter's response was? It was a quick to change. He sat there. He didn't sat there. He stood there. He read it and he said, well, amen. And then he hugged the child and, you know, and immediately, immediate change. That's how the word of God can work for us. Amen. We do not need a pillar of fire. We do not need a vision from God for the very things that he has placed in the word to correct and instruct us. Sometimes we're waiting for some dream or vision and for the audible voice of the Lord to tell us what to do. But God says, I've told you, instructed you, just read it, read it. That's a way of being led by the Holy Spirit. It's a way of being led by the Lord. It's through his word. But you know what? We don't stop there. We need both. We need the word of God and we need the Holy Spirit. And, and sometimes we can stop. We can err on the side of just the word, the word. And sometimes we can err on the side of the supernatural. We need to marry both. And it is late, so I'm going to jump to this last scripture. I want to go back into the um, Old Testament. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, we're going to go to Numbers 13. I just want to say this before we read there, but I wrote, uh, the foundation of the word is key for being led by the spirit. But, you know, the word will say, pray for somebody, just pray. But the Holy Spirit will, will reveal who to pray for. You know, the, the word will say, serve here. But the Holy Spirit will say, serve in this specific place. The, the, the word of God says, serve the Holy Spirit reveals where. So the Holy Spirit really hones in um, if we're led by the Spirit and directs us specifically. Amen? We need both. All right, Numbers 13. Okay, Numbers 13, 1 says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Now, when I read this before, or just even from memory, I always thought it was Moses that said the spies out. But look what it says. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send the men to spy out. Now, this is a key thing to, to know. It, it was an interesting insight that God wanted them to spy out this land. Um, let's read, let's read the next thing and then I'll, I'll kind of say, let's jump to verse 25. At the end of 40 days, 
they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. This is what Moses asked for, was the fruit. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. The Amalekites dwell in the land. The Hittites, the Jezubites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell in the sea along Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought a bad report to Israel and into that land that they had spied out, saying, So I'm just going to end there, but... You know, God had promised the Israelites that they would be able to conquer this land. This is going back to um, what we read in Moses. God said it. You know, the Lord says things in our own life, right? He, he tells us things. Has he not said it? Shall he not do it? And he told them they would be able to conquer the Canaanite nation. And um, what I find interesting is that the Lord does allowed them to see it in the natural. It wasn't just go out and just, you know, don't spy, don't, don't, don't check it out. But he allowed them to see it in the natural. But then when they went there and they saw it in the natural, their disposition changed. Except for Caleb. God desires to see us marry the natural with the supernatural. We should be able to see things in the natural, but look in the supernatural. We should be able to see things and not be so distracted by what the word of the Lord said. We need to be able to marry the two and be okay with it. That when we're exposed to the natural side of things, that the Holy Spirit rises up inside of us. But God. But God. We need to be these kinds of people. We are, I mean, <laughs> we have been living in this hour for a long time, but but do you guys feel it? I mean, you, how can you not, right? We are living in a time that we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit in every part of our life, in every activity we do. You know, this doesn't mean that we ask the Holy Spirit what we're going to wear for that day. We have a brain. God gave us intellect. He gave us a mind. But we know the things that we should be asking him. All right, let's, let's go to Galatians. We're going to close soon. Um, Galatians 5.22. I touched on this a little bit earlier, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
It's joy, it's peace, it's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever kind of run a little bit ahead? And the Lord goes, pulls you back. I've been there. Maybe not you, but I've been there. What does your life reflect more? Does it reflect more of the works of the flesh? Or does it reflect more of the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Because it's evidence of being led. We got to examine ourselves. I think that sometimes it's hard to examine ourselves, to sit back and take the moment of just like, okay, Lord, where am I, where am I missing it? I said it before, we, we all haven't arrived. None of us, none of us have arrived. We all have things to work on. We all have things that the Holy Spirit is pressing on in our life. I want to close with this last scripture in Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you have called one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. This world needs peace. This world needs to see a peace that they have never seen. You know that song, the world needs love, needs love. No, the world needs peace, needs peace. <laughs> People are seeking out this kind of peace. And it must rule in our own life. You know, conviction of the Holy Spirit isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. If you're a parent, you know. Correction is good. It comes from a, a healthy family, a healthy father, a healthy mother that corrects their children. God's a good God, and he's so good to correct us and align us because he knows he sees the big picture. He sees the big picture. All right, let's stand to our feet. Worship team, would you come up, please? You guys just want to lead us through a song. We, um, let's use this opportunity just to allow the Holy Spirit to examine our heart and to expose maybe anything um, 
or any place that we have not been led by him and we've been reluctant where we've walked in the flesh and not in the spirit. And I just want to say too that if you've come here tonight and you are not born again, if you have kind of heard some of this message but you're not really quite understanding and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would ask that you would come forward. Please, please come forward. Do not leave. Please do not leave this room tonight if you do not have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are missing out. And I'm asking you, if you're here, to be bold and to come forward because it is by far the best decision you will ever make. So the worship team is just going to lead us through a song and let's just let the Holy Spirit work on our hearts. Amen. scripture over this these people father i just thank you right now that the peace of god would rule in our hearts to which we are called as one body god i thank you that we are thankful before you god because we know that we have this peace god let the word of christ dwell in us in all wisdom god would it teach us would it instruct us in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, God, that we would be singing praises unto you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts right now. Lord, as each individual is here, I thank you that you are just illuminating things, that you are speaking to us as individuals, and you're showing us things, showing us areas of tweaking, And Lord, that you are the great encourager as well. And cheerleading us on, Lord, in the victories. Father, I thank you for the peace of God in this place. And Lord, I thank you for the the fruit of the Spirit, that it would be evident in our life. That joy would be evident in our life that love would be evident for all to see in our life, that the peace of God would rule in our heart, that Father, that we would be patient with one another, that we would extend that patience. Father, that we would be the kindest people that we would extend your goodness, Lord, that we would be faithful to you. And Lord, above all, I thank you, God, not above all, Lord, but that we would have self-control as well. God, thank you that this fruit would be evident. It would be evident in our life, Lord, 
Show us where we're lacking. Show us where we're missing it. Show us where we need to be tweaking our, our walk with you, Lord Jesus. Would you stir our hearts to be hungry? Lord, I just thank you for every hand that's raised right now, for every heart that is open right now. I thank you, you would just fill them overflowing to the tippy top, Lord, whatever they're lacking, whatever they're needing, that you would fill them right now. You would fill them, Father. The Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for the work that you are doing in us as a body. Thank you, God, you have not left us, but Father, that you, God, you are there. All your promises are yes and amen. And so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for rejoicing in our heart. I thank you as, Lord, as we worshiped earlier, there was such a rejoicing. And a knowing that you are seated on the throne. That it doesn't matter the circumstances around us. It doesn't matter what's going on to the left or to the right. But our eyes are fixed on you. Our eyes are fixed. We are looking to you. Lord, let us grab a hold of this. Let us grab a hold of the truth that we do not waver from the circumstances that are around us, but Father, that we hold on to the very truth in the words that you have spoken. And so Father, I just thank you. I thank you. I thank you for tonight. Thank you, God, that you continue. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that you just continue to bring these scriptures to our mind. That Father, that we just rehearse them throughout the week. That we're reminded of what your word has spoken. I thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. For more information about Threshold Church, visit the website at threshold-church.com.